0: I'm sure you've thought this at some point in your life, but I want to ask you a a question this morning if you haven't already thought about it. Who can tell you what to do? Who can tell you what to do? Think for a moment. Who in your life right now do you trust that when they begin to say words and give you instructions that you actually follow through with those instructions? And who is it? that can tell you what to do? Who is it that you've trusted so much with that when they speak to you, if they say jump, you jump. If they say talk, you talk. If they say listen, you listen. If they say run, you do your best and run. Who is it that you, or who is it that can actually tell you what to do? And then in the spiritual sense, because we're in a church setting, because we're in a worship setting, can Jesus, can Jesus tell you what to do? Think for a moment also about does it really matter who has all authority? Go to a little league baseball game, and I guarantee you it will matter who has all authority. Another question for you I want you to contemplate this morning why are we so consumed with authority? Why are we so consumed with power? Why are we so consumed with control? And why do we often ask the question when we read the words of Jesus, does he really have authority? Can Jesus really tell me what to do? Why do we struggle so much with that? As we stated a few weeks ago, uh, we are willing to say, Christ, you are Lord of my eternal life. But we struggle when we say, Christ, we want you to be Lord of my now life, of these moments. Lord, I'm I'm willing to do whatever it is that you desire for me to do except for these things. I'm willing to go wherever you ask me to go as long as it's it's in this area. Lord, I'm willing to, to speak to whoever you want me to speak to as long as it's not these people. Lord, I'm willing to reconcile with a number of people as long as it's not this particular person. Really what we're doing is when we're confessing Christ as Lord... And we're making those statements, we're making those statements to Jesus. We're really testing his authority. Is he truly boss of my life? You know, I get to see it firsthand because the position that I have is an awkward position. I'm not your CEO. I'm not your president. I'm not your boss. I, I tend to think biblically that I'm, I'm like a shepherd to, to you. I don't want to call you a sheep because there's been a number of sermons that I've heard over the years of preachers who uh, have a bitterness inside them and anger inside them. And so they, they call their uh, parishioners or their flock their sheep. And, but they mean it in a negative way. Oh, you're the dumb sheep and I'm the great shepherd. And there's a, a misuse of that, I think. But I get to see firsthand uh, when you test what I say or any pastor I've ever worked with, you begin to test. What they're saying, is it true, and should I be following what they're telling me to do? I mean, if if, if you are uh, if you want an understanding of that, get up here and say some, so, some words and tell people what to do and see if they'll go and do that. People test it often. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I, I actually think it's a good thing because what it does to me is it holds me accountable to make sure that I'm telling you the words of Jesus. And so when you don't follow the words of Jesus, it's no skin off my back. <laughs> I get to say, Lord, I've done what you told me to do. And I'm trusting in you, and I'm going to trust that you're going to work in in these people's lives also. Uh, it's the cool thing about uh, being being Southern Baptist. One of our core beliefs is being is the priesthood of the believer. We don't think there's, there's any need for you to have a, a father or a priest to work in between us and God. We say that Christ can be that mediator. Uh, Timothy tells us that, or Paul tells Timothy that, that uh, Christ is that mediator between us and God, that he alone is it. So you're not, it's a, you're not in need of me. We have this priesthood of the believer thing going on where we we think that you can have access to the Father because of what Christ has done. And in your access to the Father, you can study His words and listen to Him, and you can know the will of God for for your life. So it's a great thing, but you have to understand and you have to trust in the authority of Jesus. You have to trust in and understand the authority of Jesus. I'm ashamed to say that many believers that I know test that every day. One of the Sunday school questions for next week is, do we truly believe in the authority of Jesus? And then what is it that we question? every day the authority of jesus i mean think let's do a little recap here let's start in chapter 5 just kind of run through the sermon on the mount do we really believe that blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven do we truly believe that i mean jesus is saying these words do we do we really believe that those who are mourned are blessed because they shall be comforted Do we believe that blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth? Do we truly believe this? Do we believe that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be satisfied? Do we truly believe these words of Jesus? Do we believe that uh, the merciful are blessed for they will receive mercy? Do we believe that the pure in heart are blessed for they shall see God? Do we believe that the peacemakers are blessed for they shall be called sons of God? Do we truly believe these statements that Jesus is making? Do we believe that these are not just great statements, but they are these statements that Jesus is making, making the truth that we should be living by? Brian and I were talking just a moment ago. Uh, many years of student ministry going to to youth camp. There were a number of times that we left the camp, uh, the preaching time or the worship service, e- either in the evening or the morning, and we're walking to our next activity, walking to the cabin or walking to uh, dinner or lunch or whatever the, the the case may be. And there were conversations happening as you're walking along the way. Is what this guy or what this guy said is it the truth? And there were many times that I felt like raising my hand saying, no, it was heresy. It was not from, it was not from God. It was, it was things that were distracting us, leading us away from, from God. Are these things the truth? As Jesus is preaching this Sermon on the Mount, when we get to chapter 7, verses 28 and 29, you see this moment. The crowds are leaving, they're walking away, and they're having this thought of, does Jesus have all authority? I don't think that we have a real understanding of that. I don't think that we have a real uh, assurance in that Christ has all authority. I think we're still questioning it also. I mean, do you believe, verse 13, You are the salt of the earth. Salt loses its taste. It shall How shall its saltiness be restored? You are the light of the world. The city on the hill can't be hitting. Do we really believe these things? And then verse 17. We preached this back in November. Do you do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. In this statement that Jesus is making, Christ has set himself above everyone else. He's saying, I'm not here to abolish them, but I am here to fulfill them. I'm going to be greater than the prophets. I'm going to be greater than even Moses. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until it is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Do we truly believe this? As Jesus is teaching this, are we are we saying that this is the truth? Does he have Does he have the authority to say that he has fulfilled the law and the prophets? And then get to some really personal moments here. Verse 21, you have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that whoever, uh, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, whoever insults his brother will be liable to counsel, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the, to the hell of fire. Do we truly believe that as Jesus is preaching this, that these are words of authority, that these words are coming from God? Not someone else, but are these words coming from God? And if they are, are we going to follow them? How are you going to respond to, the, to that statement that Christ made there? Are you going to go and reconcile? Are you going to go and deal with the anger that's in your heart? Chapter, or chapter 5, verse 27. You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Does Christ have the power and the authority to make that statement? He upped the game. He increased what is required or what is desired of people who live in his kingdom. People who confess him as Lord. Does he have the authority and the power to say that? And if he does... Should you respond and listen to his instructions? Verse 31 talks about divorce. It's also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except for grounds of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Are these true statements, are these instructions that we should be living by in the kingdom that belongs to Jesus? Talks about oaths, retaliation, uh, loving of your enemies. Are these statements that he's making, are they coming from God? And if they're coming from God, should we listen to his instructions? Giving to the needy, how to pray, fasting. And some difficult moments we talked about last week. I'm going to point them out them. I'm going to point them out again. Verse 19 of chapter 6. <clears throat> Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth, moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Does Christ have the authority to say this? If he does have the authority to say it because he is God, are we going to listen to God and follow his instructions? the eye is the lamp of the body so if your eye is healthy your whole body will be full of light but if your eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness if then the light is in you uh, it, the light in you is darkness how great is the darkness no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve both god and mammon or god and money i mean is this a true statement coming from god and if it is should you as a follower, choose you as one who's confessed Christ as Lord, should you follow in that instruction? And then a really difficult moment I think a lot of us deal with daily. Therefore I tell you, verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? I mean, are these true statements coming from God? We should rest in these. We should trust in these if they are from God. If you've come to the conclusion that Jesus is not God, that these words are not from God, that these words are just another great moral code to live by, then you can deal with that at the time of judgment. But if it is truth coming from God, and Christ is who he says that he is, then we should listen to his instructions. Verse 26 Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It goes, it goes great on a coffee cup. It goes great on a bumper sticker. It goes great on a t-shirt. But is it in your life? Are you abiding in those words? Are those words richly dwelling in you? That you hear them as not just words that seem like they come from a guy who, has, who possibly has authority, but are you hearing those words from God and trusting that God knows everything? We move on to chapter 7. I'll look there towards the end of chapter 7, verses 28. And 29 and when jesus finished these sayings the crowds were astonished at his teaching for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scri- scribes so i want to touch on a, a couple of things here and when jesus finished these sayings the crowds were astonished at his teaching person belonging to God here this morning uh, when was the last time that you were astonished at the teachings of Jesus I mean when was the last time that you heard seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all things will be given to you and you were astonished by that when was the last time that you heard the Lord's model prayer his example prayer and you were astonished by those words When was the last time you heard teaching from Jesus about what a blessed life actually looks like and you were astonished by it? If you're like me, you get in a rut. If you're like me, you've heard the words too many times and you just pass over them. You forget that these words are coming from the Almighty. You forget that these words are coming from the person who actually has all authority who has all wisdom, who has all power. We forget that. and Instead of being astonished at Christ's teaching, dare I say we just become bored with it. Uh, Give me something else. Give me something more. This can't be it. Give me something different. The crowds heard Jesus teaching, and they were astonished, for he was teaching them as one who had authority. Back to our beginning question. So who can actually tell you what to do? Uh, This question has been since the beginning, since the creation of the world, people have been questioning, does God actually have the authority to tell me what to do? Does he actually know all things? Does he actually know all things? And in knowing all things, should I listen to him? Let me think back to Genesis Think back to Genesis when we when we meet up with the creation story and we see Adam and Eve and God specifically tells them at the end of chapter 2 you shall not eat of the tree the knowledge of good and evil and then in chapter 3 we have a questioning of that well well I know what he said but should we really follow through with that and at the root of the matter does God really know what he's talking about should we should we listen to his words and keep this contract with him, or can we do our own thing and still survive? And so what happens is these humans, these created beings, begin to trust in themselves and not in the authority of God. And in so doing, the fall happens, and brokenness happens, and sin happens, and separation from God happens. Because people decided to listen to their own words their own wisdom, instead of listening to God. And then we meet up with Moses in Exodus chapter 3, who Jesus is saying he's greater than, because he's saying he, he is God. Moses is not. His, his teachings were good, but I'm coming to fulfill it all. We meet up with Moses in Exodus chapter 3, and Moses is being convinced that he should go and represent God to Pharaoh and to the people, and, and in so doing, the people are going to be freed from slavery. He's going to be somewhat of their redeemer, And he begins to question, well, who are you, God? Who should I tell the people that's sending me? Who should I I say that I'm representing? Please give me a name. Give me a a phrase. Give me a label so I can tell the people that I'm coming with authority, that I'm coming with power. And God responds, tell them that I am is sending you. Tell them what? Tell them that I am is sending you. You know, the I am. There's no word that can really describe me because I'm it. There's nothing else. There's no one greater than me. There's nothing greater than me. I'm it. Pharaoh has nothing on me. I'm it. The people have nothing on me. I'm it. So tell them, yes, the person with all authority is sending you. So Moses goes representing the I am. Moses goes representing the creator, the almighty the one who has all knowledge, all wisdom, the one who created by, by speaking. He goes representing him. Believer, person belonging to God, you are still representing the same God. If Christ has saved you and his Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you are representing the same God that Moses represented that day. We move on to an incredible story in the Old Testament about a guy named Job or Job, or however you want to Pronounce that. And Job has a terrible, not so good, the worst day of his life. And in, in this time of suffering and trials and temptation, he begins to seek counsel from a number of people, including himself. Testing and figuring out why are these things happening? Why are these things happening? I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to trust in my friend's words. I'm going to trust in my wife's words. I'm going to trust in my words. I'm going to figure this. I'm going to figure this out. And then, unfortunately for Job, he gets put in his place yet again. We meet up with him in chapter 38 through the end of the end of the chapter, and God begins to speak. Who are you? Uh, put, make yourself a man. Let's let's talk. Uh, who can you do all these things that i can do and job has to sit in silence as the i am as god the almighty speaks to him and clarifies to job right off the bat you are not god i am and then what is job's response repentance confession and in job chapter 42 we see job repenting of his thoughts God, I'm sorry that I thought these things. I'm sorry that I thought I was God. I recognize that you and you alone are God, and you have authority, and so I listen to you and you alone. We're we're at the same point today with the Sermon on the Mount. Are we going to be astonished with the words that are coming from Christ, recognizing that he has all authority, that he is God, And following those instructions, or do we think we've figured out a better way? Do we think that what Christ said are good things to possibly live by? And maybe, if ever, if I can figure all this eschatology stuff out, and the kingdom really happens uh, at some point, maybe then I'll begin living that way. Or do we see Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords now? See that He's worthy of us living for him and following his instructions now. Do you, as a person belonging to God, do you think you have a better way figured out? And if you do, I would say be like Job. Repent and see God for who he is and that he is not you. I move to the the prophet Jeremiah, where God begins to speak to Jeremiah, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you to go and speak and be this messenger uh, to my people. I'm going to use you as a, a preacher. I'm going to send you out, and you're going to go, and you're going to share my words to, to my people. And Jeremiah, whoa, 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 whoa! wait a minute here. Do you even know who I am? That's really what Jeremiah is saying. Do you even, know, do you even realize who you're talking? I'm, I'm Jeremiah. I'm, I'm really not, a, I'm not anybody. And God responds with, I, I know that because I'm the one who created you. And not only did I create you, but I will give you the words to speak. No no more excuses. Understand that I am the one who created you. I am the one that's in control of things. all these things. And I will give you the words to speak. Go and do what I ask you to do. Don't question my authority. Don't question my existence. Don't question who I am. Instead, listen to me and follow my instructions. I formed you, and I will give you the words to speak. And then we meet up with Jesus. And people begin questioning. We hear what he's teaching. Matthew chapter 5. We see these things. Is he really going to fulfill? Is he really the fulfillment? Is he the redeemer? Is he the Messiah? Is he God with us? Is he Emmanuel? And if he is, does he actually have all authority? And will I listen to him and respond to his instructions? Let me get to the end of Matthew. Matthew chapter 28. As any good Southern Baptist has memorized, we memorize the Great Commission. We've broken it down. We know how to parse all the Greek words, and we've got it figured out. We know exactly when to make disciples and exactly when not to make disciples. We know exactly what to teach and what not to teach. We know how to baptize, what temperature the water should be, all those things. We know what color the robe should be. We know all the statements to make. We've figured out the Great Commission. But we have forgotten a huge part of it, that all authority has been given to Christ and Christ alone. You you have no, no authority. I, I have no authority. No ruler on this earth, no ruler that has left this earth has all authority. Only Christ has all authority in heaven and on earth. And when we truly understand that, then we can rest. We can not be anxious. We can trust in the one who has all authority. When we truly see Christ for who he is, then no longer will we think we can figure out a better way. Instead, we see that the way has been figured out, and that way is Jesus. When Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority. See, 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 Jesus was not like a good college student or high school student or middle school student who was showing references. Well, I got this quote from this person or I got this quote from this person or I read this on Twitter or I read this in a book or I looked in the encyclopedia and I read these things. No, Christ said, I'm coming to you as God. I'm coming to you with all authority. I'm coming and I'm speaking to you as if God was with you, speaking directly to you. The author of Hebrews tells us the very thing. That if you want to see God, Christ is the exact imprint of him. God on the earth walking with us, showing us the way. What we wrestle daily with. Sometimes it's a good wrestle. But we, we wrestle daily with, can Jesus tell me what to do? Can Jesus tell me what to do with my money? Can he tell me what to do with my time? Can he tell me what to do with my fasting and my food? Can he tell me what to do with my anxiety? Can he tell me what to do with my health? Can he tell me what to do with with my anger, with my lust, with my retaliation? Can he tell me what to do with these things? And if you come to the conclusion that Jesus is God and that he has all authority, then he can tell you what to do. Jesus, help us. Help us not to fear tomorrow.